The text for our consideration this morning is actually one that John Schoenbeck spoke about just a few weeks ago. But there's a lot in that text and a lot that we can learn from it. So we're, it's well worth considering again. We read from James 1 verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. When I was about your age, I had a friend... Uh, schoolmate here, actually, who told me, you know, I go to church, but I just don't get anything out of it. Now, there's a lot that's wrong with that statement. This individual ended up leaving the church, and I continue to keep that person in my prayers. Um, I'm not sure what the state of their their spiritual state right now. But I've heard other people say the same thing. Yeah, I go to church, but I just don't get anything out of it. And that's the excuse that is given often for either not going to church or shopping around, trying to find a church that'll make me feel a little bit better. Now, the fact that we've gone to church or that we've worshipped together, we automatically do get something out of it. Because the Word of God is there. And the Word of God is living and powerful. And the Word of God does God's will, does work a change in people's hearts. Today we hear people say, well, I get just as much out of listening to it online. Why do I have to go to church? Well, think of your worship life as a meal. Being just a hearer is like eating at a restaurant. You go, you show up, you sit down. You take what is served to you, you consume it, and after that's done, you leave. Maybe you pay a little something, throw something in the plate, and you feel like you've done your part. You were a hearer. You were a consumer. You heard the word of God, but his directive for our lives is that it doesn't stop there. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. God's will for us is that our worship life be not like a restaurant, but more like a family meal. Now, if you're sitting down to a meal at your house, I don't know how it is in your home, but growing up, if I were to just show up at mealtime and sit down, wait for something to be put on my plate, eat it, and then get up and leave... I wouldn't be getting much to eat for very long. There's a lot more that's expected of you when it's your family. When you're young, at least, you're expected to help out with chores, and often you're forced to do chores. Whether it's helping with prep, setting the table, doing the dishes, cleaning up, you're helping out. You're participating. When you're part of a family, you participate. God wants our worship life to be one of activity. We go to church or chapel, we hear the word of God, and that word of God works a change in our hearts and in our lives. And we need that change in our hearts because, as we confess, we are sinful and we sin against God in our thoughts and in our words and in our actions each and every day. So we need 
that word to work that change in our hearts. And that change that it works in our hearts produces a change in our lives out of thankfulness for what Christ did on our behalf. This is one of the many blessings of the Reformation that Martin Luther brought back to worship. At his time, worship was very passive, even more passive than it is today. In his day, the priest would be preaching in a foreign language, in Latin, a language that most of the people there didn't even understand. The people in church were expected to just be receivers, just hearers of the word. But Luther started preaching in the people's language, preaching the word so that the people would be able to understand what he was saying. And he brought that wonderful message of forgiveness through God's love, through the change that the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and in our lives. And God's word makes us doers of the word. But what does that mean? If we consider it as a meal, we come for refreshment, we come for food, but we also come to be together, to bring our own contribution. Now, when you come here for chapel, your job is not to prepare the meal from the word. That's my role or whoever is speaking to you. Each of us has a different role. Paul says in Romans 12, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If if prophecy, let us prophesy. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts, that is, encourages one another, The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Not every one of us can be a preacher, but every one of us does have gifts. And God's desire is for us to use those gifts for one another, to build one another up, to take part in the meal that's being prepared in our worship life. A young man became a member of a CLC church from a different church body. And after he'd been there for a few Sundays, the pastor came up to him and asked him, well, what do you think? Are you enjoying your time here? What do you think of our church? And the young man said, well, it's okay It's nice, but it's not very friendly. Now, maybe we've heard similar criticisms leveled at some of our churches as well. But the pastor's response to that was, well, what are you going to do about that? Thinking about that, I first thought that's a very strange reaction. But I talked it over with this young man who happened to be a friend of mine, and we realized that that was a great response. Because we all have God-given gifts. And he was asking him to use his gifts for that spiritual family. 
You are a part of this spiritual family here. So what are you going to do about using the gifts that God has given you to build up your spiritual family? Reflect on the Word of God. Whether it's the Word you hear on Sunday, every day in chapel, or in your own personal devotions. Reflect on that Word of God. Reflect on the love that God had for you. In spite of our failings, in spite of our selfishness, God sent his son to die for us. And that love that he showed for us then becomes our motivation, reflected in our own lives, where we become not just hearers, but doers of that word in serving one another. Let's sing about this in hymn number 696, hymn 696, verses 1 and 2.